Hello, friends. The dust has settled around Winnipeg's 2022 NHL entry draft, and with a number of selections in hand, it's time to talk about what exactly Winnipeg got, how I would grade this draft, and what sort of potential this hot entire crop of prospects might yield uh, a couple of years down the road. We'll also take a look at some of the, the action around the NHL and how this might influence Winnipeg's offseason, especially with a number of free agents up for renewal and uh, some potential trade options coming to the Jets real soon. All of this on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. For Locked On, the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you enjoy what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite con- uh, favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Before we kick off tonight's episode, I just wanted to say a huge thank you to one of our wonderful partners. Um, this episode is brought to you by Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered the season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet Online, it's where the game starts. Now, as I mentioned at the top of this episode, obviously tonight we're going to focus a little bit on uh, how exactly Winnipeg did during the NHL draft. Obviously, Winnipeg had a number of selections, more than usual, because for once, Winnipeg actually hadn't traded away every single deeper round, third, fourth, fifth pick, whatever it is, um, on rentals, which is, you know, it's, it's pretty decent, right? This is a good chance for the Jets to restock. And let's be honest, the, the cupboard, uh, I, I would say supply has been a little bit stale. Um, the Jets uh, have had trouble graduating prospects over the last few years, and the guys who actually did get promoted Let's be real, not many of them have made a significant NHL impact. So uh, obviously Cole Perfetti has kind of reversed that trend a little bit. Um, but Perfetti, of course, um, unfortunately had a little bit of a nasty injury last year. And so even one of our more, I would say, accomplished NHL showcases just uh, hasn't really had enough time to show off what he can do at the NHL level. So heading into this year's draft, I, I had a couple of, I guess, glimpses into what Winnipeg might be after. I, I think skill and speed, at least I thought it was going to be one of their, their major focuses. But Winnipeg kind of opted for the most part to really go for skill, which I think is interesting. Uh, Winnipeg apparently doesn't really care so much about skating, which, uh, you know, in the modern league and the way that the NHL is moving, I was a little bit concerned about. Uh, you kind of see it with like their first draft pick, right? Rucker McGroarty. We talked about it on the on last Friday's episode and why McGroarty is kind of, I would say, a slight bit of a reach at 14th overall. It's not bad, right? I think McGroarty actually has a lot of skill in other areas. In terms of just being an offensive magnet near the slot, he very much is a smart player. His positioning is good. You get a real good sense of, of his net drive and his work ethic, his desire to crash that crease um, and just really be a creative player. He's got great passing. The, the shot and release are there. So, you know, when you look at his game, 
I think a lot of people focus on the gritty aspects, the aggressive forecheck, the you know the dynamic um, offense, especially near the goalies, and I think a lot of that is very appealing, right? But of course, that was very much hampered by his skating ability, which many have called below average. And a lot of Winnipeg's draft picks this year kind of had a major cosmetic flaw, right? I call it cosmetic, but a lot of them actually are are pretty serious and potentially enough to derail somebody's development. And the fact that Winnipeg took so many risky picks, uh, especially as like as high as they did, I thought was very interesting. Um, you saw a lot of teams doing this this year, in part because the draft rankings were all up and down, and it was just a little bit chaotic. And so in some ways, I wasn't entirely sure I would have done the same thing that the Jets did, but in other areas, I thought that they kind of aced the assignment, and I was pretty pleased. So we're going to rank it by the, uh, I guess what I would say, the best picks, um, as well as some of the more maybe mediocre picks. Um, Of course, in the top of this group, we're going to say Brad Lambert is, for me, I would say uh, the best choice that they made the entire draft. I think the Jets did fantastically here. You know, know, look, I I get at 30th overall, he does have some risk, right? But when you're looking at first-round picks and just draft picks in general, right, First-round picks have the highest odds of most to actually play, like, 100-plus games in the NHL. But let's be real. Uh, I would say, what, 30 or 40% at most actually achieve that? It might even be lower than that these days. Um, Maybe somewhere even in the mid-to-high 20 percentage rate. So it's not like guys are are making the league consistently. And for the Jets to take a bit of a swing late in the first on somebody who has as much raw talent and skating ability as Lambert does... I think was a great move. I'm I'm aware that a lot of teams were kind of worried about his compete level and the fact that his league of production fell off significantly. And I've heard stuff about his dad maybe not being um, the the easiest person to work with. Uh, what parent is these days, right? But all told, I think for what Lambert wants to do and what he brings to this Jets team, it was an unmissable pick. But that wasn't the only value pick that I, I think they really swung for. They also grabbed at 77th overall, Daniil Zilkin. And Zilkin is actually a pretty cool player from the OHL. He's been a major mainstay for Guelph. And, you know, he has like a really versatile tool set. The passing is good. The shooting is pretty solid. His spatial awareness and offensive positioning look to be pretty decent. His edge work is fast. Uh, I, I wouldn't say like the top end gear is crazy, right? But he can break past defenders. He can carve in and out. He can create good lateral space for himself. He's just a really well-rounded prospect. And, you know, deeper into what, uh, at this point, it's like the the uh, third round. This is a really nice pick. I think the Jets did well here. Uh, Zilkin might actually turn into a decent NHLer. I wouldn't say that he has like a particularly high ceiling. But if you're looking for somebody who might eventually slot in on like a third or a fourth line role, and you've gotten him past the first round, you're probably having a pretty good day. So I'm hoping that Zilkin kind of pans out and, and really brings considerable value to the Jets. Obviously, it is a bit of a a bit of a risk, but um, I don't know. I like it. I think that this is a great pick. And kind of similarly, Fabian Wagner um, at 175th overall, I would say is another good value pick. Wagner isn't like somebody who's going to have like crazy high-end skill, but if you're looking for an industrious center who can drive up and down the flanks if need be, and be just a bit of a motor uh, who doesn't exactly have like a really sophisticated game, but certainly brings the work ethic and occasionally can show off some flashy skill. 
this is a really good value pick. I, I mean, again, you can't complain when you're drafting fifth, sixth, seventh round. Once you're getting that deep, you're just kind of swinging on a, a guy who maybe has some interesting foundations and tool sets and maybe some what they call hockey sense to sort of back it up. But you're not really expecting anything. If they turn into a draft pick uh, or, or like an NHL or um, a value down the road, then you're, you're going to be happy. But for the time being, just a nice little cheap swing. And uh, that, I think, probably is like my highest value first round picks. Up next, we're going to take a look at some of the guys who were maybe slightly overdrafted, you might say, or guys that I just don't know were uh, the the exact most exciting choices. But we'll take a look at what they could have gotten maybe around there and, uh, you know, how, how I feel about this overall progression so far. You know, that first group, I thought, if you're looking for value, uh, a lot of bang for your buck, the Jets did pretty well with those three picks. But, you know, the next few picks, a little bit more questionable. Before we talk about the, I guess, more controversial picks, I don't want to shout out one of our other wonderful friends at Athletic Greens. If you've heard me by now, you've probably uh, heard me talk about AG1, which is one of Athletic Greens' awesome product offerings. They have a product that I use literally every day. And I started, I started taking AG1 because I was looking for a bit of a jump start to my immune system. Obviously, right now, COVID is still running around and we're all looking for ways to kind of get ahead of the curve and... Uh, really fortify our immune system and give us the support that we need to make it through healthy, healthily. And if you're wondering what exactly AG1 is, well, it's this one delicious scoop that gives you 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and, ad and adaptogens. You just mix it with some water and it goes down real easy. It's great and super convenient. And, you know, if you're looking for something like that's very value focused, AG1 has your back. Athletic Greens wanted to make sure that they gave you a ton of bang for your buck. And, you know, if you have like a lot of cold brews that you make, you mix all these expensive vegetables and greens and things together. Well, AG1 takes that to uh, just around $3 a day, which is super value, uh, especially if you are consuming cold brews just about every single day. And, you know, there's no GMOs, no nasty chemicals. And again, it's super healthy for you, just a little under one gram of sugar. It's perfect for all lifestyles, whether you're on keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, gluten-free, or anything else. They made sure that AG1 suits every lifestyle, no matter what you're into. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every single day. That's it. No need for a million different plant pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash NHL Network to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. Thank you for choosing to make us your first listen of the day every day. We are taking a look at Winnipeg's draft, which I thought was um, interesting this year. A lot of very risky picks, and especially where the draft, uh, I, I guess where the Jets were drafting, um, you might say that there were some uh, better choices available, guys who are a little bit more projectable at the NHL level. That said, this draft was kind of one where I think if you had somebody you liked, you probably should just take them because um, I would say the fog of war, so to speak, the uncertainty around this draft was higher than usual. Uh, I think COVID and a lot of the interruptions to the past couple of years of hockey have finally started to take their toll. And so there was a lot of risk um, choosing players because in some ways you really didn't have a lot to scout with. So 
you know, looking at the the first group of picks that I said was great value. I thought those were really smart choices where they were taken. The second group is where there's a little bit more risk, maybe slight reaches, guys who don't quite have the same tool sets um, as some of the more talented prospects who were available at their positions. And I think McGrory kind of heads this group. Now, what I'll say about Rucker is that I think no matter what, it's just impossible to really dislike this pick. I think that for where he was drafted and what he might bring to this team, I think it was actually going to be a really good pick long term. As you know, he's working with a really good skating coach who can kind of work on his main weakness. Everything else in his game is great. I think his personality is wonderful. He interviews super well. He has this natural magnetism that I think the locker room, frankly, just needs. And so for me, McGrody seems like a really safe choice. I think even though he was a bit riskier when you look at, you know, Joaquim uh, Kamel being available, um, of course, there was uh, there was the other Finn, uh, Leteramaki, that was a, another choice the Jets could have made. There were genuinely some players that uh, I think they left on the board that I probably would have gone with at 14th overall. But McGordy, I, I would never say is a bad pick. I think that there's a lot in this game that is great. I know that the Jets did kind of draft technically the worst skater in the entire class, but, you know, it, I, I don't think his skating is going to be nearly as bad as people expect. Uh, you know, for the U.S., he was finding ways to get up the ice and into dangerous positions. And if he can kind of get his, his edge work up to like NHL average and work on those mechanics, I think the rest of his game is going to take over. He's a smart player. He knows where he needs to be. It's just getting there that'll be challenging at first at the NHL level. But I do have faith and confidence that he is the kind of guy who will work to improve that tirelessly. So I, I know that I'm going to class this as a riskier pick, but I'm fine with it. I've really warmed up to him, and I'm I'm very happy that he is a Jet, and I hope that he makes the league big time. The more risky choice in the second group is uh, Elias Salomonson. This kid uh, is one of the youngest picks in the entire draft. He was almost somebody considered to be uh, just a few weeks or maybe even a month away from next year's draft. Uh, Elias, you know, he has an interesting profile, somebody who's like a, a solid, to- like so- solid, like top six, two-way defender. And he was really running the back end for Sweden's U18 team. Uh, he's been playing with Schleftia's junior squad. Uh, and a lot of people after like he, he kind of burst onto the scene at like age 16, a lot of folks thought that this was going to be a, a great progression for him. He was going to continue to grow and, and really show off his game. And that sort of offensive leap forward with a, you know, a really, well-rounded approach didn't really happen. Uh, Salomonson just sort of seemed to tail off a bit. Maybe it was his decision-making. Maybe he just doesn't really have the elite tool sets that people thought he might be growing, and it just sort of stalled out for him. Maybe that's the case. Whatever it is, uh, this choice, I don't really hate it. I think Salomonson, if you're taking him towards the back end of the second round, it's not really that big of a deal. I probably would have thought of him more in like the third or the fourth round. Um, I doubt he would have been there in the fourth, but I would say like maybe like a higher third round pick or maybe more towards the middle. I, I might've been more interested there just because Salomonson, Um I've heard some questions about his hockey sense. Again, I'm going to use that with, with uh quotation or quotation marks, just because I feel like, you know, what can I really say about this kid? He's 16. He's one of the youngest players. He plays a very demanding position. And obviously the expectations are super high being that he does feature for the Swedish national program. So 
I think patience is is due for this kid. I think that he does have the ability to eventually become a solid third pairing defender. It's just going to take some work to get there and getting him to be more consistent um, in a lot of his his skating, uh, his decision making and his awareness. But if he can kind of work on those things, the Jets might have a legit NHLer. So, yeah, this pick I, I think is fine. I'm not too concerned about it. Um, again, I, I wouldn't say that it's like fabulous, but it is what it is. Now, there is one more group that I want to talk about. Uh, these picks I don't really have too much of an opinion on. These are just sort of swing for the fence kind of picks, uh, and maybe something comes out of it. We'll talk about the last two players from this group in just a little bit, and then also take a look at what might happen based on some of the transactions around the league that are occurring. But before we go any further, I don't want to shout out the uh, sponsor from the top of this episode. BetOnline.net is your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. If you've heard me talk about BetOnline before, you know that I'm personally not really big into online betting. I hadn't even done it before until I got to BetOnline, uh, and I actually bet on the Bundesliga match, which I didn't think they even had European football, but sure enough, they did, and uh, I actually won my bet of all things. But, you know, you might be wondering, what else do they cover? Well, they've got plenty of familiar sports like, of course, NHL playoffs. Uh, they've also got Major League Baseball. You know, obviously, the Stanley Cup Finals have now passed, but you know when it was running, you could go through live game scores, updates, news, everything surrounding your favorite sports and games. They brought all that information right to you. And they've also got live betting, esports, and so much more. So they really are your number one destination for everything, not just online betting, but sports related too. They bring you podcasts, news updates, everything to keep you, uh, you know, up to date with the latest trends around your favorite sports. And they've also got, you know, just about every sport you can imagine, whether you're into auto racing, uh, horse racing, when the Triple Crown race is on, anything in between, they've got you covered. But if you're not into sports, no problem. They've also got Vegas casino games because they want everyone to have a good time. Getting started really couldn't be easier. Just log on to betonline.net or and register for a free account on your laptop or mobile device because BetOnline is where the game starts. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are closing out tonight with some thoughts on the last two draft picks. Uh, I don't really have a lot to say on either of these guys. At 99th overall, they picked Garrett Brown from Sioux City, and then at uh, 207th overall, they picked a goalie, Dominic Di Vicentis, I believe is how you pronounce it, uh, from North Bay. As far as Garrett Brown is concerned, he's like a more offensively minded defender who doesn't really have like crazy tools. Uh, his skating is okay-ish. Um, as far as I know, his passing is supposed to be decent. I don't really follow the, the USHL super closely, so I kind of have to take the word for it of scouts who have been monitoring this league. They did say that offensively, he's got some unique tools, I would say, but nothing that's going to be like mind-blowing. I think you probably look at him to be maybe a sixth or a seventh defender, which if he makes it somehow, that would be ideal, but you're not really expecting a lot here. His defensive awareness and positioning apparently weren't great. So uh, in terms of like, you know, zone entry denials, he didn't really do that so much. Maybe that's because Sioux City just doesn't want him to. I don't know. Whatever the case may be. Yeah, I wouldn't really be expecting a lot from this selection, but Garrett does seem to know um, McCrory. So that's pretty cool. They're good friends. Uh, they are now both in the same prospect system. And, you know, for a personal story, that's pretty darn neat. I like it. The last pick, uh, Dominic, I, I did hear he's been doing pretty decently for North Bay. Uh, again, goalie prospects are kind of strange, right? You take one deeper in rounds because they're voodoo, right? 
you just hope that at some point one of them turns into Connor Hellebuck, but most probably don't make the NHL. Divacentis did seem to be very excited to join the Jets. That's pretty cool. I'm glad that he uh, is really hyped for the organization. Winnipeg has done okay with uh, drafting goalies over the years. Um, Berdeen, unfortunately, hasn't really panned out as well as I'd hoped, but you know we're now seeing the fruits of Eric Comrie's work and development. Of course, we have Connor Hellebuck. There's a few other uh, goalies in the system that are apparently doing pretty decently, so Diva Gentis is going to have some competition, but you know, wishing him all the best and hope that his development track can one day land him into an NHL role with Winnipeg. Now, that overall, I, I think after going through all these picks and talking about uh, my general perspective on them, I feel like uh, I give this draft a solid B. I think Winnipeg did technically leave value on the board, but it's not to where I'm really upset about it. I do have <laughs> some like questions as to why they took so many players with some particularly notable flaws. Uh, the flaws being serious enough to where it might mean that they don't make the NHL, but you know the upside on guys like McGrory, uh on Lambert. I mean, you, you really can't complain about it too much. I think Lambert for me is one of the most exciting prospects Winnipeg has ever drafted. Uh, in part, I mean, he he is potentially the most uniquely talented player in this year's entire draft. So I'm really hoping he lands. Um, and like I said, like the the draft grade is just from the day of this is, you know, what I would have assigned it without knowing how they've turned out. It eventually one day could turn into like an A plus if Lambert really hits the ground and some of these other guys graduate as well. But again, for the time being, solid B. Now, speaking of uh, guys making the league and stuff, obviously Winnipeg has a lot of holes to fill uh, on the roster, especially if they start moving some players out. And, you know, the prospects probably aren't... um, in a a great position to fill those needs. So free agency is obviously really important, but unfortunately for the Jets, I think this year it's going to be very difficult. One of their upcoming free agents is Eric Comrie. They have to sign him because they didn't play him enough games uh, to allow him to be handed a qualifying offer, which is just, I don't understand that at all, but whatever. Um, This year's goalie market is going to make it really difficult to sign him though. Alexander Georgiev just signed a three-year uh, 3.4 million ish deal, which for the Jets is not particularly great news. If they had just played him, you know, like what, 25 or 26 games, Comrie could have been qualified and the Jets could kind of kick the issue down a year and try to figure out later what exactly they should award him. But, you know, with so many young goalies out there or even veteran goalies signing for pretty uh, princely sums right now, I do think uh, Comrie's going to be on the pricier side, and it does make me wonder if he's actually going to stick around. We also have seen some other contracts being uh, awarded. Philip Forsberg just signed an eight-year, $68 million deal, which is pretty big. Um, it does take one major winger off the market, which with the Jets trying to trade Blake Wheeler might not be the most ideal thing. You know, Obviously, Wheeler is not really bringing Forsberg's impact to a team, right? Not, not at this age, but... It just means that, you know, that is one less spot teams are going to have for somebody like Blake. Uh, But again, I don't think that they really had the same level of organizational value. So I'm not going to stress about it too much. I just hope that the Jets are able to find the right taker for Blake and that they can work out a deal where, you know, his uh, his money comes off the books. Now, one other interesting thing that occurred is that uh, Duncan Keith uh, ended up retiring from the Oilers a couple of days ago. This actually opens up a very good opportunity for the Jets because they have a number of defenders who might honestly be suited more towards Edmonton than they are Winnipeg. 
I could imagine that, uh, you know, somebody like Neil Pionk or Brendan Dillon might be options here. Um, I, I like both of these players for different reasons, but Neil Pionk, unfortunately, just really hasn't been worth the start of his contract so far. And I think he himself knows that his play last year just, it was pretty rough. Dylan, not the same issue, but I do think Brendan doesn't quite um, fit, fill the need that the Jets need these days. I think he's done a pretty decent job of being a solid top four guy and somebody that on most teams would be a reliable second pairing D. But because he is a lefty and because the Jets have so many prospects who can bring a little bit more offensive jump, a little bit more creativity and skill on the back end, I kind of think Dylan just doesn't fit the Jets anymore. And so, uh, you know, a package for him, um, sent to Edmonton for Yesapoya Yarvi coming back the other way, I think would be a great win-win for both sides. And I think, you know, it wouldn't really even be a scam. I think the Jets could probably get Puyo Yarvi into pick uh, and send a capable NHLD back the other way. Now, I will say the Jets would be getting the better end of that deal, but, you know, at least it would be something that works for both parties. Uh, aside from that, there's been a lot of movement. Uh, Luke Kunin got traded from... Um, or Cunnan, however you pronounce his last name, he was traded to the Sharks. Uh, Tony D'Angelo, for some reason, went to Philadelphia, and Carolina got a couple of decent picks back for him. D'Angelo signed for like two years at five per, which is not exactly cheap, uh, and uh, for a lot of reasons, D'Angelo is not a particularly desirable player, but whatever. Uh, I I guess the Flyers are going to try to make themselves unlikable as humanly possible. The only other interesting thing that did occur was that, uh, of course, Adrian Kempe has resigned for four years at a little over $5 million per season. That's a pretty fair contract for what he's looking for. Um, and I think, you know, for, for the Jets, if they can get guys like these, uh, you know, through the draft or something, players on, you know, four and a half to $5 million deals, bringing you 30 plus goals a season, I think that's something that the team used to have a lot more of in that scoring depth department. The past couple of years, it's been a little bit drier. So I'm hoping that one of these players they've picked up recently can kind of turn into somebody like Kempe and really bring that extra level of value while also not killing their cap situation long-term. But uh, yeah, I mean, if you have any interest in in hearing about more transactions, more free agents, more players that you want to see maybe be investigated for a fit for the Jets, be sure to let me know in the comments below or at HLLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets on Twitter. For, for tonight's episode, though, that is going to be all the time that we have. Uh, throughout the rest of the week, we'll have more coverage of any moves the Jets make, um, some speculation about what their plan might be, and hopefully getting some insight into, uh, you know, what the rest of the league is doing. Because Winnipeg, uh, you know, typically is more reactionary, and we'll see if there is a, a decent fit for the Jets to make a splash after some initial moves happen, especially because free agency opens on Wednesday. But again, like I said for tonight's episode, that is going to be all the time that we have. Thank you so much for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. Be sure to make your second listen Locked On NHL. Our experts give you a daily 30-minute podcast on all things NHL all year long. You will always stay up to date on what's happening around the hockey world every single day. So be sure to subscribe to Locked On NHL on your favorite podcasting platform of choice. And as always, thank you so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.